My name is Travis Sintel. And I'm Yuri Lowenthal, and you are awaited. Uh, this is the best sequence we've had is, yet. I, this is, you know, every four minutes just gets better. Here's the thing. Better. I came in today, a li- I went to karaoke last night, mm-hmm. not to immediately diverge from our Mad Max thing. No, the par- apparently the comments are they love when we diverge, and they <laughs> right. love when we ramble. Right. No, I, so my voice is all janky, and I was a little, like, low energy, and I saw this. I feel so invigorated. I'm not exaggerating in the least. There's so much. Here's what I get off on. I love um, religious iconography. I love loaded, dense statements that refer to things outside of itself in sort of a deep way, which is what we like about this movie. Yeah. This four-minute sequence has so much of that, which I'm sure we'll get into. But it got me so let's, stoked, man. Well, let's get into it. Did you love it? Here's <laughs> my, I... my first question for you. Did you? Uh, what did you think about that sequence? I loved it. Great, me too. Every time, I love it more. You know what I'm excited about? Tell we me. just got tickets to see Mad Max Fury Road with George Miller in attendance. You guys want to hear the sound Theater. of a high five again? Oh, high five! That was the sound of a high five. Yeah, that's that's happening um, so hard. I'm into it. Yeah, as am I. The levels are also, very low here. Are they? Are, you know what? But it's it's good because then when we high five or like if I get excited, then it, it you know, hey we're, we're good. Okay, you're good. Don't worry. Just I trust, get worried. trust, trust. He's he's an audio engineer in in his uh, in other life. So let's talk about the speech. So Morton Joe's okay. speech. It. I, George Miller has done this in a way that so many people try to do, which is to slapdash together all kinds of um, religious terminology and metaphor and ritual into a single thing. And a lot of people do that, and it feels shoddy and cheap and not earned. And what George Miller has done, and we started talking about this last time with the iconography of his chest plate and all that stuff, but the, the sheer amount of traditions he's pulling from here whether it's the mention of Valhalla, which in any other speech would have felt lazy, yep. here feels entirely justified. Yep. Uh, whether it's the, the use of water as a metaphor, uh, a very potent metaphor for life here, yeah. whether it's the, the notion of the rever- this image of people giving alms. So people come, beggars come with bowls, also ple- people collect offerings and bowls, and there's these beggars raising their offering, which is an yeah. empty bowl to a Morton Joel, mm-hmm. which is half offering. It looks like offering yeah. half begging yeah that's such a powerful image that's yeah. so smart and and as far as him you know exerting control both from a you know religious all-powerful um sense and just you know being you know almost like like a king you know who holds all the mm-hmm. all the cards uh he he gives them the thing you know he gives them this the yeah. taste of this thing that he controls yeah and then he st- and then he cuts it off and he says do not become addicted to it yeah um and if you take water as most tales do as simply a metaphor for life. Water is life. Water gives life. Especially in a landscape like this. Don't become addicted to life because you'll resent it when it is gone. Right. And there's a sense of, in exchange for your life, I will grant you this this item. And it's this perfectly mm-hmm. clear exchange of servitude and in, in uh, exchange for a little bit longer existence in this messed up, terrible world where everyone is damaged, everyone's yep. broken, everyone's missing limbs and eyes and ears. And you can hear the great sound design. You can hear the fl- as they approach cameras. They well, there's silence. You know when he, mm. he he's when they're waiting for the water. Yeah. Everything stops. Music stops. Everything stops, and they're they're crowding forward. He says, "Oh, it's coming! It's coming!" And uh, and of course, we at that point, as the audience, don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And then he lets you know, but but you can even hear there there are flies buzzing. You know, which is this horrible. It's <laughs> death. Horrible, it's death and yeah. life. It's all these little not so subtle references to decay and death on one side, 
and powerful greens, life-sustaining water, you know, beautiful bounties on the other side. What we have been privy to, though, as an audience, and this great example of dramatic irony, is the death and decay hiding behind the facade of the water. So right. he opens the scene by showing you the people are about to do this are decayed and broken themselves. Right. They are contorted, they are twisted, they are pus-filled boils on their backs. And yet, then we're immediately presented with this gross dichotomy, literally separated by a wall, of someone who is powerful, healthy, alive, has water, has life, and someone, a group of people who are dead. Mm -hmm. They're his, dead. His, his They're one dead son, Rictus, yeah, is, is literally... His name is yeah, Rictus. His, yeah, his name is Rictus Erectus. I can't handle that. Yeah, I know. Wait a minute. Or is that... Because his, his brother, in, in, a, in, a, in a great, you know, well, sideline, but not really at all, the Mad Max video game, which was in development before this came out, and they, they actually talked to, both teams talked to each other, so they knew that there amazing. were... And you, yeah, did, you did work on the I video worked game. On, I worked on the video game. Um, the, uh, Rictus's brother is... I can't handle that name. I'm so I know. Sorry. His, his twin, or his, his brother, is a character in the video game. The big one or the small one? The big one. The big one is named Rictus Erectus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes, listen, you know, let's just take a slight moment to criticize George Miller. And I, and I, I get that this is contentious, but Guzzoline still, I have nightmares about the, the choice and, of that And he word. starts off his speech with the word Guzzoline, yeah. and I could hear, I could feel your sphincter clench just a little bit. And it, well, it clenched out of sheer embarrassment for George Miller. And, and Rick erect. I get that there's a little wink and a nod in these names. I get it. Sure. I think it's cool. I, yeah, I, I'm Lord not... Humongous. I mean, you know, yeah. let's going back to, to that. I mean, sure. And what was the guy's name in the first the first one? Um, oh, toe cutter. Toe cutter. Not cool. toe clipper. Yeah, toe clipper. Been, <laughs> He's his little nope. brother. No, nope. he's right. his not as intimidating. <laughs> get out of here! I'm toe clipper. Right. Uh, I get there's a wink and a nod, but Rick Erectus feels too on the nose even for this. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, moving on. You know what? It's, it's, it's another one of those sections where don't care. Yeah. Well, I didn't know his name until yeah. you said it. Is it ever mentioned? He, he, he's, he's, he's called Rictus. Rictus yeah. Erectus, it's, come right, to me. Right, right. Yeah. I am into, and this is an obvious thing, but let's just shed some light mm -hmm. on it, that there is a sense of the fall of the Roman Empire in this, and it's the fall of patriarchy mm -hmm. and all that stuff we talked about. But these Roman names are... Uh, this mockery of Roman names, I should say, mm -hmm. is in is in no means by no means accidental, and is very well handled throughout as a yeah. subtle nod to a falling, crumbling empire. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So so back to it. He he unleashes the the water, and then chastises the people for drinking it, <laughs> um, which is yeah that that push pull of it's it's like an, it's like an abusive relationship, you know. It is. It's, it's not like super, it. It is. It is absolutely it is. <laughs> an abusive relationship. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that moment because as the audience, we don't know what's coming and then he opens the floodgates and the water flows in Europe. Like, of course, that's, that would be the currency of this, of this yeah. world. That and guzzoline. Guzzoline and aquacola. Guzzoline yeah. and aquacola. Aquacola, because that's because Aqua. we're in Australia. Oh, right, right, right. Um, but, then, but then we get to, then he says, you know, I'm sending out, I'm sending out my Imperator Furiosa. Who's, so, so that's the introduction. It's also this speech that gives you, you know, that lays out the, you know, little details of the world without being overly... Like, here's what happened. Remember when the, mm -hmm. the skies darkened and we ran out of gas and we had war? And, like, we don't need any of that You know bullshit. what movie does that? Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, stop it. You know? It's you true. Know, it does you know, And we've speech. seen it a second time since the, the last... All right. We'll do a side episode. When, when we know this, let's record a side episode. We'll just get... Okay, it. and we'll just... If you guys want that, it'll be in whatever bonus section we're yeah. trying to figure out. Yeah, and we're going to trash on that movie so hard. Uh, oof, oh, oof, da. Um... So, so we're, we're getting to, you know, he says, I'm sending out, you know, the, the, the war rig uh, with Imperator Furioso, you know, we're going to then. So, so he says, you know, sig signal, signal Gastown, 
um, to let them know. And then, of course, when the war rig moves out, we can see the signal in the back. We're like, well, what technology do they have where you can signal and it's mirrors, it's light? You're always being kind. The way that conversation went down during the movie just now was, I was like, how the heck would they signal? And you're always like, oh, there's mirrors, watch. And Because and, he'd, already, he'd already caught in that, and I thought, well done. Uh -huh. Yuri clocks things pretty hard in a way I don't. I've I... also seen it how many more times than you? A hundred and seventeen. Hundred and seventeen times. Um, but the, but also in testament to George Miller, the second he pointed it out, and I saw it, it's everywhere. Then all of a sudden you realize, yeah. oh, it's being used constantly in this sequence to sort of firm up what's happening. Yeah. Um, and you know, either it's an intentional echo of what we've just seen. Um, or it's the actual signal, but on Charlize Theron's face, you can see the flickering of the light that is exact same flicker as the signals, and it reminds you she's supposed to be going here, and then she turns away from the signal, literally turns away from the light into this sort of dark, yeah. the sh her face goes right into shadow, which is a beautiful thing I, I didn't catch until, no. what, the fourth time I, now? Well, I, yeah, I catch something new every time, and now that we're watching it sort of in little bits, I'm paying like more attention to mm -hmm. things. And, but let's go back to a second to Testament George Miller. Since the last time we recorded, 10 Oscar nominations? 10. Uh, now, you know what? Go ahead. Go. Uh, no, go. I know. I, I couldn't believe the it. Intake of breath. I, you know, I, you know, I, I think the Oscars are bullshit anyway. It doesn't really matter. But I still felt super vindicated. Yeah. That because got 10 Oscar nominations. Yuri and I have both been fighting with a lot of our friends uh, about this film. And we had, the reason this podcast exists is we both realized that we were fighting with our friends about how good this movie was. And some people were like, yeah, it's a dumb car chase for an hour and a half. Um, and I, oh, am I, am I dead? No. No, you're um, good. And, and it's, it, obviously we think it's so much more than that. And, yeah, um, a lot more than the that. The idea that it would get 10 Oscar nominations and not just in minor categories like visual effects, which of course it deserves and all those things, but sure. best picture nomination. Yeah. And a, a lot of critics are putting it at the top of their, nah, yeah. who, who cares if it wins? It doesn't matter to me. But the right. idea that it's a best picture nominee that is in serious contention, uh, is, uh, we feel really happy about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really thrilled. You know, I've, I think I've lost a lot of friendships over uh, people who said that... Uh, that Can we that be real for a second? Have you honestly lost friendships? No, but it sounds more dramatic. <laughs> I was wondering. You know what? And if I do lose friendships, they weren't true friendships to begin with. That's what I think. I was talking with... You know, it's really funny. I was, t I was talking with a, a friend the other, or the other day, just a couple days ago, um, and this movie came up. And he, he said, it's, it's actually not my kind of movie, but I saw it and I loved it, even though it has no story. And I went, whoa. And this is a writer. This is a, a writer who writes professionally and yeah. does very well at it. And 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 I didn't I didn't want to fight I don't like I don't like fighting with people over this because everybody's going to have their own viewpoint and they're going to it doesn't matter what you but say. But he to made them. an objective claim. But yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think what it is is he's, he's 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 like it's just about some people going out to here and then coming back. And I thought about that. That's every movie. Though. Yeah, I know. And and that's you know what it is. You're right. That's the plot. The plot is I'm going from here and coming back. That's the plot of Wizard but of the Oz. Story, yeah, exactly. It's a plot of the Wizard of Oz. Give exactly. Me a break, yeah. But the story, story and plot, I think, are two different things. Correct. And he's right. The plot is very simple. Here, there, and back again. Well, so there and back again. You know, now we're back to Tolkien. You know, one of the There's, most widely. It's every story. I'm not joking. Yeah. Like it's, but it's the character journeys that happen on that. And the world you what you watch in this. Yeah, the characters that go there and come back. But you watch an entire world crumble. You watch yeah. an entire patriarchal system fall on a, on a large scale and on a small scale. You know, on on Nux's, You know, and we haven't yeah. really met him in this. You know, in our in our in our trajectory here. But you know, it falls within him too. He starts out you know one way. You know, worshiping. Immortan mm -hmm. Joe, 
and and ends you know his own person like he breaks he breaks free of slavery uh, you know I you know Furiosa breaks free from you know the the slavery that she's been under and her dreams she breaks free from her aspirations and hopes and and, and exactly uh, dreams that weren't going to come true anyway right and and, and for is... having supported that because clearly she's been working for him and this is where she takes a stand and says no more as yeah. as do the brides yeah yeah I so, mean this is this to me is a, there's a, so much story we'll, we'll get to this but to me it's an argument um, for sci-fi in general in that you can make individual characters microcosms of larger struggles and it's okay it's okay to do that in sci-fi or fantasy whatever you place this in but this idea that you can look at this character Nux am I getting the character yeah. I, yeah. I, I defer to you on all character names and I'll get it wrong too Erectus Nux uh, Nuxus Erectus. Yeah, is, is no, I'm I'm sort of Eurus Erectus right now just because we're talking about this movie. Can we agree to just move past that? So, okay. <laughs> um, the idea that you could show that character had that transformation and that arc, and I feel like that is a microcosm for all these war boys. That they're all salvageable. They're all people. They're mm -hmm. all they're all capable of that turn, and they're right. all human beings at core. And that way, when you go back mm -hmm. and their leader has fallen, you, do, you are not left with despair for these poor boys. You're left with the hope that, yeah, Nux has gone, but they have that in them to change also, to see a new way, a new yeah. future. That's a beautiful ending. I mean, it yeah. hits every major story point that you'd want a story to hit, I feel like. Let's go back to the war boys for a second, because we're introduced to more details about them in Immortan Joe's speech, and then we, we see them, you know, we see more of them. Um, you know, he calls them his, his half-life war boys. Mm -hmm. So we're introduced to there's something that is, you know, something that's special about them. Um, and then when they're, when they're hooking up, uh, when they've got uh, Max, you know, in the little cage and they're saying, you know, I need, uh, you know, half-life you know, war boy needs, needs a top-up, get the full life. And we're like, oh, half-life, full life. So there's something, you know, I, I guess we assume it's radiation, you know, some sort of, they need a transfusion. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what they're going for. But you've got this whole cast of warriors that are, there's something is, is wrong with them, yeah. both both physically and you know perhaps mentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and we get the whole salute, which I love and have taken you know to, like I said before, taken to doing in, in, in public, you know that 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 eight cylinder salute. You know, I really the, love that you pointed that out to me. It's, it's I, my new high five. I can't. Like if I could get everybody to do that and say like high five, like high eight. It's like a high eight. I can't stand it. It's like I a V8. love it. V8. I love we we first of all listeners, we've never done this uh, in public, but I will start doing it. By by we, you, you, you and you've I. never oh you no, no, and I you have and never, I have okay. never greeted each right. other that way. Right. I do not doubt um, that Yuri has done that. I want to be very clear about mm -hmm. that. No one embraces his uh, affection for niche films like Yuri Lowenthal. Right. And when he commits, he commits, and that's why right. I, like I don't give him. thumbs ups anymore. I just give I just give a high eight. I just do people the... know what you're doing? No. You just do this thing, yep. and they like. Well, I don't know what that guy's doing, but okay. Right, but but yeah. Good to see you, Yuri. Right, What's exactly. Up? Do we shake hands? We expect still? that from you. Yeah. yeah. You just probably, they probably think you're doing something from a sci-fi film. Right. That's yeah. I guess. Did I did I go on record as saying I was wrong about how V8 engines work? Uh no. You Let me go, go on. Want to go into that? Let me just. I don't want to go into it. I, I just want to say that I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a long conversation. And I think that uh, I will embrace the moments I'm wrong, and I'm not going to be afraid to commit to things. That may be incorrect. If, if, if anything, this, this podcast we said was going to be about truth, no matter how fucking stupid we look. Yeah, I will not hesitate to be embarrassed about this. Also, what's cool, though, is just th talking about what we pick up when we watch it. Because there's so much in that speech still we haven't even touched on in terms of the mythology he's built up for himself and these war boys. Um, and the, the sheer 
force of will and uh, charisma that this guy must have had to build a mythology himself. Because it's not like he is the Dalai Lama reincarnated. It's not a, ch a chain of title going back many years. It mm -hmm. seems from all uh, intents and purposes in the film that mm -hmm. this is something he created and put himself as a center of. Yeah, that is an amazing thing. If you track the yeah. origins of of history, this puts him on par with like great religious leaders. He started a movement that mm -hmm. really took hold, that people really believed. Right, religious and military. Sure, clearly. Well, here both. Yeah, right. absolutely right. It's it's because really I know you've cool. read the comic book. In the comic book, it oh, talks. God, about, oh, I called you out. You you haven't. It, Hey guys, well, I haven't read we, the comic book. Well, didn't didn't we sort of establish that now you can't until we're yeah. done? Yeah. Now now I'm doing now it on I don't purpose. Want you, to. <laughs> you know. Well, sure. it, you know, and I'll go back to I don't think that you know to, you should have to have read a comic book to to fully appreciate a film like they did with uh, Southland Tales. Um, I mean, that movie has its own issues as much as I, there's stuff that I liked. Not to dwell but, on this, but it, the, the main defense of Star Wars I've heard is that if you read the novelizations and the prequel novels, it explains everything. Right. That's a fucking terrible yeah. explanation. What, you know, know what's even worse? Is the, don't worry, they're going to explain it in the next movie. Oh, stop it, Star Wars. Stop okay. it. All right, sidebar. Okay, sidebar. End, end of sidebar. I love the shot um, when she's, when she drives right out um, and it's her and she's, you can see, you can see her face and, and, and sort of in profile and she's, she's, uh, and you can see the window behind it uh, or the open window and it's, you know, her face is, is black to, to just under the, the eyes. Yeah. And. And then there's the blue sky in the background that's also a hard line right about the bottom of where that that is and then to the to the door in the oh, it's so well it's, composed yeah he is he is a master of of composing beautiful beautiful shots it reminds me of really great novelists that that you know every word's been considered and every sentence has been constructed and it's yeah. been debated and it's been taken out and put back in it you know there's a sense of a great novel that when you read it, it you're reading something that's been fully 100% considered. David Foster yeah. Wallace is a great example. Mm -hmm. Every sentence, every word he puts down has been fully considered. You know it. And, and so right. it gives you a different reading experience. This thing, every framing has been considered. Every mm -hmm. detail, every car design, every yeah. headlight that's out, every mm -hmm. wheel, it's been considered and it, it, it begs to be pushed on and pulled on and questioned. Yeah. And doing it is a rewarding experience. Yeah. It really is. It doesn't fall apart like in Star Wars. Oh. oh, I went back. <laughs> Here's the thing. Shut up, Yuri. <laughs> Shut up about Star Wars. <laughs> I'm so angry. I want to talk about um, Furiosa for a second because, so what what we've done is up until this point, um, we've we've had a all male society uh, on the uh, above the line, the upper echelon people. Um, there's a lot of females who are crumpled and broken down in the in the uh, proletariat section of the audience. Um, but we we're given the shot of a shaved head woman walking through in the last four minute sequence. And this one, we get an introduction to her. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lesser film would feel the need to call attention to this obvious... I mean, visually, it begs to be talked about. There's a, there's a woman here who's in charge of all this machismo that we've seen. It's right. all shirtless, you know, six-packed guys who have mm -hmm. shaved heads and are, for all, you know, I'm a little hyper-masculine. And the speaker, the right-hand man mm -hmm. of... of Imperator Joe is is very muscular, erectus, rictus, erectus, right. and Joe himself takes on the trappings of of masculinity. It's right. war medals, it's six packs, it's abs. You know, it's all the it's all the masculine stuff. Yeah. And here we have a woman in the middle of this, who granted yeah. is very tough, but all he says to introduce her is, "What my, my favorite or my, my Imperator Furiosa?" My Imperator yeah. Furiosa. That's all you get. Right now, he does he does take ownership of her by saying "my," yes. but still, you're like, yeah, as as a viewer, you're like. What is she doing in the middle of all this? Yeah. How is she not in chains or, you know, 
you know, ho horribly warty down at the bottom of a, you know, of a, of a canyon. And we know she's got the tattoo on, or the brand and on she's her driving, back. Yeah, right. So we know exactly. she comes from a situation in which we've seen Max come from. That's all mm -hmm. we know. We have a sense mm -hmm. of they, they had maybe had a similar captive or captor experience. But she's and driving yet, the rig. She's, and, and leading. She, he's, yeah. She's the only one he introduces by name in the entire group, right? Right. Unless there's someone else on this. No. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. so she's, the, she's the one we're meant to cue onto. And that, trust me, that's not just storytelling to introduce her character. That's purposeful to Imperator Joe's positioning of her. I love that it's unexplained in terms of their backstory. It doesn't matter. All we know is that somehow a woman has been strong enough to rise to the position of great leadership mm -hmm. in a clearly patriarchal, male-dominated, like mess of a society. Mm -hmm. I think that's so neat. It's 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 the best because you don't have to explain that she's a badass. The very fact that she's a woman and she's been given this type of leadership and this type of responsibility, you automatically know she's a badass. It's all the character development you need. Also, the way that's set up, so again, so fast, so economical. Mm -hmm. um, they set her up as someone who has risen to great heights after being a captive or a slave or whatever she was. Right. Uh, and we set her up as she must be a really trustworthy, really talented. He must really put a lot of stock in her. The first thing we see her do is betray his trust. Yeah. So it's this roller coaster ride. Yeah. Of, he sets it up so fast. And you see it in her eyes. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Man. Hey, can we take a second then to to go into the the whole uh, the, the 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 sort of reoccurring theme, recurring plot point of chasing a truck um, through the desert, mm -hmm. which has three out of four movies. The major, you know, plot has been chasing a, you know, a giant rig yeah. through the desert. It started in Road Warrior. Yep. Um, it it repeated, uh, you know, in that shitty film that came afterwards. We don't need another hero. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Mad it's not. It's not. Song. I don't have it's a great it's a shitty film only in that it sort of starts off and then and no then no no. Just, it's a shitty it's film. A shitty you can film. say that. Okay. Um, so so they're chasing it. You know, I mean, clearly he knows what works. And then in this one, when he repeats it, he's like, fuck it, I usually wait till about three quarters of the way through the movie to start this. Why don't we, we know that's the driving force. Let's just get to it. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it better than I've ever done it before. Yeah. Better than anyone's ever done it before. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get to this, but all of his character development happens in service of something else. Like yeah. we talked about last time. Uh, you know the the chase sequence with Tom Hardy where he runs through the building. That's just expositing the entire environment. That's what that yeah. that scene does. But you don't even realize you're being shown around because you're tracking this pretty awesome right. chase sequence. Same thing here. You're getting you're getting the world here. This is mm -hmm. this is him. A normal film would be like, let's walk around and see things and have a conversation about something and we'll show you the world. He's like, yeah, we're in a badass chase sequence. Let me just show you what this world looks like and how it works. And so far, we have a really good sense. Twelve minutes into this film. We have a great sense of the world. I mean, I feel like I understand everything I need to know about this world. There's separate yeah. towns within sight of each other. They they are antagonistic towards each other, and they're uh, but have to work with each other. Yeah, roaming yeah. bands of marauders because we have a warrior class, and because we have heavily heavily weaponized uh, machines and cars. Mm -hmm. There must be people attacking them. Mm -hmm. um, water's a commodity, and there's some sort of radiation that's destroying the whole world. It's it's everything you need as a sci-fi premise setup. It's all been the guise of action, right. except for one brief speech, and now we're into action again. Yeah, I'm on the uh, edge that's, of my that's, seat. Uh, yeah, I know. Me too. And I just, you know, I was for the the whole truck chase. I was going to uh, draw a comparison and say it's, you know, as 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 explosive as you know the Fast and the Furious movies have been. It's so much better. And then I and I thought Fast Furious Furiosa, 
Has anybody done a Fast and the Fur like the Fast and the Furiosa I mean, mashup yet on it, YouTube? It Somebody, has to you know, done. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look later because we're, yeah, we're not allowed we to. No. We're not allowed to refer to the. Can internet I tell you a secret? I haven't seen any of Fast and Furious. None of them. None of them. Zero of them. Oh, we're gonna have to start another podcast. No, we won't. But well, I'm gonna make you watch. Car chase I'm gonna make you watch Fast Five. It's the best one. People say that, and I buy yeah. that, but I don't want to be confused. Guess so. what? <laughs> what? Not gonna be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's uh, the worst Fast and Furious film? You know what? I still haven't seen Tokyo Drift, so I I don't so have three, the right? I don't was have three? the that was that was three. Man, honestly, two, three, four. Well, although I say I haven't seen three, so I can't say. Um, Aren't the two odd and four ones weren't great. Um, I heard the odd ones are the best ones. Okay. Tokyo Drift, that. better or worse than Star Wars? I haven't seen Tokyo Drift, but I would venture that it's better than Star Wars. Star Wars, hundred. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. So we're uh, so she's just taking the detour. There's another great. It's it's a great but a horrible break point for us to have to wait to the yeah. next episode for. What's because, great though is you don't know where yeah. she's going, but you know it is super important because of the setup again because the character yeah. setup we've gotten for her. We know that no what no matter what she's doing, she's clearly risking her life for something that matters to her. Right. We're about to find out how you know off the reservation she's gone. Sure. Uh, and I think that that. Again, that's just a testament to, again, not to knock your friend, but good storytelling. Yeah. It's good storytelling to have a character set up so strongly, subtly, in one direction, and immediately have her subvert that expectation by doing something uh, mm -hmm. totally unexpected after the what we've just seen of her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, this film is breaking up nicely into four-minute chunks, by the yeah, way. Yeah, strangely enough. I know, I, I didn't sort of mark through it to see if that would work. I just sort of arbitrarily, A, it's the fourth movie, B, it's the movie's like exactly two hours, so if we do it in four minute chunks, it should it should time out pretty well. Yeah. Um, it seems and to be. And I didn't have the patience to do it sixty seconds at a time like that Star Wars. Podcast. Right. We'd be here forever. No. It would. I want to go on record as saying it would sustain that level of discourse. So you could do one or two minutes at a time, and I think I always I whenever we wrap up, I always feel like we've just brushed the surface. Yeah. Surfish. Sur the starfish. We've I've brushed the starfish. Yuri and I are brushing starfishes here, sitting <laughs> which, on this broken mountain. Filthy. Uh, it's been really fun here, um, but it does sustain that level of of discourse, I think, because we just have time to go over the plot basically and just touch on all the different imagery. And I hope it sustains. And I, I can't imagine this level of complexity sustains the whole film. But for the first twelve minutes, at least, it has been yeah. jam packed full of things I really care about, not just on a storytelling level, but on a societal, religious sociological level like they're all feels like it's just setting foot into a deeply thought foreign society that could honestly be a heightened version of reality yeah oh. and as we get into the chase i mean even if i don't have anything to say about socio ecological you know character story stuff i'm just going to be you know just, ramped just up ramped up you know i'll be rictus erectus the whole way <laughs> I'll just be screaming, "War!" You know the, the whole, you know yeah. the whole thing. That that'll be my commentary. I think as "War!" It's so good. Uh, what kind of car yeah. is that? That's a, uh, a Rolls. It's Royce. a Rolls Royce. Yeah, that is a beefed up uh, Rolls Royce. We, we we freeze framed right at the uh, at the four minute point there as they're pulling off the road, and that's that's the image we're left with. We see the spears or those uh, those javelins, the explosive javelins. Um, I'm so happy I noticed that. That is one of the best images of a crumbling society I've seen. It's spears sticking out of the back of a crusted up Rolls Royce. Yeah, there, there's a with, precision with raised up tires. There is a uh, Mad Max car on display at the Empire Center in Burbank. Or as of a two days ago, a friend of mine uh, texted me a photo of it. Uh, we should do a little pilgrimage and get our picture taken by it if it's still there. We should do a live podcast around it. 
We should we, we'll just, I'll, I'll tell you what, if, if, we can, if we can hack it, we'll do the podcast next time standing out in front of that car. Great. We'll do a walk around. We'll just make circles around the car and talk about how amazing it is. And uh, we'll, maybe it's a side episode. We'll have more side episodes than actual episodes, I think. Thanks. Oh, I want to say one other thing. Sorry, yeah, go. Um, go. We still, uh, we, I, noticed this, I noticed this thing today and I pointed it out. And, and it's something we'll keep touching on and we have already touched on. But the chapter... A normal movie on a Blu-ray or a DVD, you have the chapter headings, and there's a little um, still photo from each chapter that sort of demarcates where in the movie you are. Um, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it, that every still frame from the chapter headings of the Blu-ray that we're looking at is a masterpiece photograph. It is something you would print out and hang on your wall as a beautiful picture, and it happens to be frames from the film. I would argue, uh, I would go a step further, and without having tested this and without having the time to actually go and test it but I'm putting it out to the internet yeah I would argue that from start to finish in this film that on every cut point to the next thing if you took the first frame of every shot mm. it would be the most beautiful storybook flip book like because I don't think he starts off a shot like on a shitty shot I think you're right well the way he cuts oh. it's all center frame stuff I, I wonder I wonder if you could tell the story of this movie. You know, this, the old um, adage about Moby Dick is if you read the first sentence of every chapter, it's a great book. Have you heard I, that before? I have not. It's not incorrect. Okay. Moby Dick, listen, people, great American novel, greatest American right. novel of the 19th century. But long. I, I had a hard time with it. Cause I just because I don't, and I know what it's doing and I, re, I appreciate it, but um, it, I don't need to learn that much about how to kill a whale and how to make uh, candles. But, but wouldn't you like to see a movie about the story that inspired Moby Dick? <sighs> That either. You know what? Nobody did. Same. Yeah, Moving tanked. on. Uh, but that 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 adage I think could apply here. I, w I wonder. This would be a good experiment for the internet. But could does the story make sense with the first still frame? First of every frame point? of every yeah every shot, without any motion in between. I love that idea. Somebody's got to do that. Please, internet, do that Please for me. Please, someone tell us. And I'm sorry for the Moby Dick side uh, sidebar, but I think it's relevant. The heart of the sea is really what. Block. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not as bad as Star Wars. Thank you for, for joining us again on, on this, uh, which is exciting, at least to us, to, to be going through this four minutes at a time um, and still, you know, come up with, with uh, we just hit the 30-minute mark. So so 30 minutes of talk over four minutes of movie. And thank you. What other movie would hold up to that kind of scrutiny? That's not Zero. Star Wars. Uh, thank you for <laughs> listening also. It's super uh, meaningful yeah. to us. I, I don't understand how, how it's happening, but I think it's I, awesome I, and, and we look forward to reading your comments and please reach out and tweet at us and all that stuff. Yeah, at you are awaited. Um, also, it's up on the, the Podomatic site. Uh, perhaps we'll, we'll get on iTunes at some point if we haven't already. Um, su subscribe, do all that stuff, download, pass it around, tell your friends, uh, shout at us, tell us you know why we're wrong and why we suck. I don't care. Um, whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> okay, I totally. P.S. I totally care. <laughs> Um, uh, thank you. Uh, thanks, Travis, for, for, uh, for thank, your thanks, continued... Thanks, For keeping us on track and giving me side-eye shade when I go off, tra off track. I appreciate hey, it. fuck it. Uh, thanks to you all. Um, as always, you are awaited. <laughs>